Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Uh, can we give it up for our worship team? Great job, Martica. I know the Star Spangled Banner is not an easy song. You did a great job singing that and uh, leading us to honor our beautiful nation. Last week, we had a tremendous Vision Sunday uh, as we celebrated six years of NUMA. We've been celebrating a lot of good things in this place. We celebrated six years of NUMA, and it's such uh, it was a wonderful joy to see Andres and Diego come and bring the word. And uh, today I have the opportunity to be back up here again and, uh, and share with you as we launch a new series, all right? We're going to be in a new series for this month of July, all right? And this series, I've titled it Uphill Habits. Can you say that with me? Uphill Habits. Uphill Habits, all right? Um, why are you bringing this series now, Pastor? Because I know that when we get into summer, we get it like into like chill mood, you know, we're like all relaxed and everything like, you know, it's not at the same pace, uh, especially for the parents, you know, when they're taking their kids to school and waking up early every morning and getting in traffic and, and all these things. And some are sort of like a little bit, you know, relaxing. But yet I want to tell you something. It's still a great time to grow. Summer is still a great time to grow, to grow personally, to grow in the things that God has spoken over our lives. And in order to grow, we need the right habits. Tell the person next to you, you need the right habits. All right, you need the right habits. So today's message, I've titled it, First Things First. First Things First. Because if we're going to build the right habits, all right? We need to build correctly, all right? And we need to like sort of like stack up things right on top of the other. For example, when they build this place, all right, they didn't put in the roof first and then the windows, all right? What is the first thing that they put? They put what? The foundation. And then with the foundation, they start bringing up the walls. And then once you have the walls, then you can start putting a roof. There's certain, and there's an order that you put things. So today, today's message is first things first. A few weeks ago, I went to visit my doctor because for some time now, I've been with some pain here on my side, especially in the evenings, you know, right before going to bed. It's just getting, you know, it's gotten painful. And, and I visited the doctor and I told him about this and it's been some time now. So they did like, you know, they did like a sonogram on me. I had seen a sonogram on my wife. I felt so weird getting a sonogram. Bro, and it was a girl that was like 23 years old. And she goes, can you put up your shirt? And she, they put the same liquid that they put on my wife. Bro, this young girl doing this thing to me. I'm like, what in the world? And I have like a hairy chest and belly. It was like awful. It was awful. What a bad experience, guys. <laughs> so the girl's there and she's like poking that thing and looking for something, you know. So, you know, the doctor calls me into his office a few, a few weeks ago. And he tells me, well, we didn't find kidney stones. We didn't find anything. He goes, the reality is you have a fatty liver. I'm like, a fatty what? You know, he goes, a fatty, you know, you need to lose weight. You know, you've put on some weight. And, and, and I, told him, I told him, doctor, but 
This year I lost 17 pounds. What do you mean that, 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 that I need to lose weight? I've lost seven. We did a 40-day fast at the beginning of, of the year. And actually the 21-day fast, I extended it. I lost 17 pounds. And he goes, yeah, but you gained 30 after that. And I was like, all right. So I have the great news to tell you. I've lost 17 pounds and gained 30 all in one year. That's amazing. And your pastor's doing things, you know, so you can follow along. Do not follow that one, all right? So he told me, you need to build new habits. You need to build habits that will help you with your weight loss. So I'm here to tell you that this week I went to the gym six days, all right? And for the last five weeks, I've been going at least four times. All right, and I'm working on my habits of eating and what time I'm eating and what kind of food I'm eating. And now I have like a little piece of protein the size of my wrist, uh, of my fist, and then a bunch of green stuff on my plate, you know, that I usually didn't eat. But now I am eating because I'm trying to form what? I'm trying to form new habits, good habits, good habits. Because one of the things that I've noticed, and this is the, the thesis you can say, of, of the series that we're going to do, is that most people have, listen to what I'm going to say, uphill hopes, but downhill tendencies. Most people have uphill hopes, okay, and downhill tendencies. And hope is important, and you're going to hear it here in a second, okay? But you need a little bit more than just hope to get somewhere. To build habits. A lot of us, you know, we, we, we have all these ideas and all these things uh, we want to do, but, but our tendencies are not the best ones. So we need to deal with that. And here at NUMA, we, we want to help you build the right habits. We want to help you build, you know, the right habits. We've created pathways in order to, to help you develop good, godly habits. And I've stood in this pulpit before, and I'm going to say it again, give me one year of your life, and you're not going to regret it. I've never met somebody that has told me, I've served the Lord for one year, I've given Him everything that I got, you know, I've been involved, you know, in serving, I've given the Lord my tithes and offering, and that at the end of the year say, Pastor, give it all back to me, because I hated it. No, haven't, I haven't encountered that in all these years of serving God. Because when you give God your life and you start to build godly habits, let me tell you, God starts to do amazing things. Now, I want to tell you something. Building uphill habits is not easy. It's a challenge. It is a challenge. Especially when we have these downward tendencies. <laughs> you have to start breaking all these things. It's going to be hard, but I have a word for you. And that word is that God will be with you. Okay, in Star Wars, it says the force will be with you. But in the Lord, the Lord is going to be with you. If you put your heart to it, and you really set some things in place, and you start making priorities, and you are intentional about it, God will start seeing your heart and your effort, you know what, and He'll start backing you up. Because let me tell you something, this is important that, that you write this down, you guys that are taking notes. Everything worthwhile is uphill. Everything worthwhile is uphill. Anything worth fighting for is uphill. Anything worth living for is uphill. 
Anything worth giving your time and effort to is uphill, never downhill. But it's so easy to go downhill, guys. It's so much easier if Pastor Max would come here, all right, and extend his hand to me. It would be so much easier for him to pull me down than for me to pull him up. So much easier. So in this series, I really want to help you develop certain habits. Say with me, habits. All right. That will help you in your life and towards the purpose that God has for you. So for the next four weeks, what I'm going to be doing you is giving you a habit per week. Each week, I'm going to hone in on one of those habits and I'm going to share it with you. And I hope that at the end of these four weeks, man, we're, we're, we're on the way to having these uphill habits as part of our lives. Now, in order to go on this journey, we need three things. Okay, we need three things. So first, I'm going to give you these three things, and then we're going to look at the habit that we're going to talk about today. Number one, one of those things that we need for this journey is hope for the future. We need hope for the future. If you're going to develop good habits and you're really going to be intentional about it, let me tell you something. You need to be, you need to have hope for the future. You have so many people that are hopeless right now. There's people in the church that are hopeless right now. Maybe you lost a family member during these COVID years in the last two or three years. Man, I was thinking of how many people I know that are no longer with us right now. They're in heaven. They've gone to the Lord's presence in the last two years. And I literally probably think that I can fill this whole area of our church of people that I know that have passed. So you have maybe pain in your heart. Maybe you've been for a long time trying to get, you know, a legal status in this country and, and you still can. I was talking to a young person the other day that, you know, he's been in, in the whole situation, you know, for years and he can't even go to college and all these things and all these difficulties and, and, and things like that, man, they'll, they'll get you depressed. They'll get you upset. They'll, they'll, they'll make you hopeless. But here's a word from God. But God. In the scriptures over and over and over again, you see a moment where it says, but God. But God. And what I'm here to tell you is that God is always the one that has the final word. Don't stop trusting God. Don't stop believing God. So you need to have hope for one. You have to have hope for the future. There's this part in the Bible that I love about this woman, you know, she encounters Jesus at a well. Jesus was thirsty and, 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 and he goes and he sits by this well because he had been on a long journey with his disciples. And, and as he sits there, this woman comes along and Jesus starts to have a conversation with her. And this lady that is talking there to Jesus, she is in a hopeless situation. You see, when she starts talking to Jesus, you know, they, they start going at it. And, and, and Jesus said, listen, you've had five husbands and, and the one that you have now, you know, he's not your husband. So she's by the sixth man already. Man, you have to be in some deep, serious trouble if you're going by your sixth relationship. Thanks God she was meeting the seventh man at that moment, which was the Lord. He was about to change her life. And when Jesus is having this conversation with this lady, look what it says in John chapter 4, verse 10. 
And I'm actually going to read it from the Message Paraphrase Bible because I love the Message. I don't know if you've ever read the Message Bible, but it just makes it simple for us to understand. And, 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 and the Message, John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, And Jesus answered, If you knew the generosity of God, if you knew the generosity of God, if you've lost hope in life, if you've lost hope for your future, if you've lost hope for your children, if you've lost hope, if you knew the generosity of God, that's what the Bible says right here, and who I am. Wow. If you knew the generosity of God and who I am, Jesus saying, you would be asking me for a drink and I will give you fresh living water. You see, God always sees things different than the way that you and I see it. He sees it completely different. And this woman was desperate. She was broken. She was hurt. And Jesus, if you knew the generosity of God, if you knew who it is that is talking to you, things would just shift. Things would just change in your life. Another example to me that is so powerful is with the children of Israel in the Bible. So the children of Israel have walked away from God. They're doing their own things. And God says, hey, if you go in that direction, you guys are going to be taken captive. Babylon is knocking at the door. They're going to take you captive. They're going to take you. And they kept on with their sinful ways. And Babylon came and took them into exile. And while they're there in exile and, and they're living a very difficult moment because they had come out of Egypt. And now all of a sudden, now they're in Babylon and they're slaves again. And when they're in that situation, God tells them something that is found in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And a lot of times in church, we love quoting this verse, but we don't understand the context of this verse. God tells these guys that are slaves, they're in exile, they, they belong to Babylon now, and God tells them, for I know the plans I have for you. You imagine that? <laughs> Do you think they could see that at that moment? There's no way that they could see the plans that God has for them. All they can see is the captivity, the suffering, the hurt, the pain, the different things that are right in front of them. And I'm here to tell you, if we're going to build the right habits, we need to have hope for the future, that God has a better future than what we are living at that very moment. You can't let disappointment have the final word in your life. You can't let failure have the final word in your life. You can't let pain and hurt have the final word in your life. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. Here it is, to give you a future and they hope. To give you a future and they hope. We need to have hope for what? Hope for the future. We need to have hope for the future. The second thing that we need, and we're going to go on this journey of building the right habits, number two, is repentance from the past. Hope for the future, number one. Two, repentance from the past. All right? Repentance, 
A lot of times, we don't really don't know what it means, but repentance is not coming here to the front of the church and wailing and crying and saying, oh Lord, please forgive me, and you start crying and you get on your knees, and then by six o'clock this afternoon, you forgot completely about the decision that you made in your heart. Literally, biblical repentance means a 180 degree turn. This is what biblical repentance is, that you're going in this direction, and all of a sudden you say, okay, no, I'm going to mess up if I go there. And you just go in the other direction. That's repentance. And we need some repentance, church, from our passive. We're going to embrace these new uphill habits because we need to recognize that the habits that we've been building have not gotten us to where we want to go. So we got to ask God for forgiveness. I was telling the Lord, Lord, forgive me because I have not taken care of this temple, all right? It's the only one that I have. <laughs> In other words, if I destroy this one, all right, I don't have another one. So I have to be a good steward of what God has given me. So I have to ask for forgiveness, Lord, sorry for the way that I've handled this, for the way that, that I've treated this, that you've given me. There needs to be a course correction. You know, I remember back in the days when we didn't have GPSs. How many of you guys remember buying a good old map when you had to go drive somewhere? You guys remember that? I remember one time I was going to Fitzgerald, Georgia. That's where my aunt lives. And I was taking a van full of my youth leaders with me. And I sort of knew that I had to catch I-95, I mean, I, sorry, I-75 and just go north. But I didn't know where I had to get off and all that. So I bought myself one of those big maps. And I remember stopping in a gas station somewhere in Georgia with a Confederate flag. And we have a bunch of like Cubans and Hispanics in that bus. And I just pull out my big old map right here in front of the steering wheel. How many of you guys remember those days? Now you don't need to do none of those things. Now all you do is put your address right there on your little ways or Google Maps or everything, and it leads you in the right way. And if you veer off the road, you know what it does? It recalculates to get you back on the right track. You know what we need? We need to recalculate some of the decisions that we've been making and where it's taking us and what it's doing with our lives. We got to get to a point, church, where we say, I'm never going back in that direction. I'm not going back in that direction. I'm not going back that way. If you're familiar with recovery programs, there's many recovery programs, Alcoholic Anonymous and this and that. You know, and recovery programs, they have this thing called My Life in Five Chapters. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. My Life in Five Chapters. And this is My Life in Five Chapters. Number one. I walk down the street, and there's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find a way out. Chapter 2. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I don't see it, and I fall in again. I can't believe I'm in the same place. It isn't my fault. It's taking me a long time to get out. Chapter 3, I walk down the same street, and there's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I see it, and I fall in because it's a habit. This time, it's my fault. I know where I am. I need to get immediately out. Fourth chapter, 
I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I walk around it. Chapter 5, I walk down a different street. <laughs> Can we put our hands together for the Lord for that? Listen. Many of our lives, I just described it right there. Just falling in the hole. Falling in the hole. A lot of times just slipping in the hole. And then a lot of times we like see it and we still go down that street. We got to get to the point where we do what? Go down a different street. We need to repent and say, you know what? I'm not going to go in that direction. Like what Philippians 3 verse 13 and 14 say. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Okay, you got to let go. You got to repent. You got to stop walking in that direction and straining forward to what's ahead. I need to have hope for the future. You see those two things right there? I press on towards the goal to win the prize to which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So we need different paths, different goals, start developing new habits. And once again, I'm going to tell you, church, if you're here, you're part of the NUMA family, give me one year of your life. You're not going to regret it. You know what? Do your growth track. By the way, today we're resting growth track. Why are we resting growth track? We have five weekends in July, all right? And this is July 4th weekend. So next week, we're going to have step one. If you haven't done your growth track, go do your step one next week. It's going to be a blessing for you. It's going to help you down this journey of making the right decisions in your life. Join a small group. We're still in the beginning of our small group season here for summer. Build relationships that are going to help you along the way. Some of you guys need to get rid of some of the friends that you have because they're not helping you. Some of those people are a lot of negative talk in your life. You need, I don't want negative talk in my life. I want people that are encouraging, people that will push me towards the things that God has. I, I encourage you, find a small group. Join the dream team. You know, the other day I had somebody out there in the welcome lounge, and they told me, Pastor, how do I serve in this church? I, I want to serve in this church. I've been coming now for about three months. How is it that I serve? You do your growth track, and in step four, okay, you're going to have an evaluation meeting to see in which team you want to serve. So you could be part of the dream team and the people that are making a difference through their lives. Those are habits that we start building. We need a little hope. We need to repent from some things in our life. And then number three on this journey, okay, is that where the formation of uphill habits start. Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2, once again from the message. I was reading this as I was preparing this message. It says this, fix your attention on God. What do we need to do? Fix our attention on who, guys? On who? On PC? You're going to be disappointed. All right? Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. A lot of us are trying to change from the outside in, but if you fix your attention on God, the Scripture says you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognizing... Here's where that repentance comes, being ready, recognizing what he wants from you, and then quickly respond to it. Don't give it a year. 
The doctor told me, you came at the right time. If you continue with those habits, we're going to have to take out your gallbladder and your liver is getting compromised, but you're still in a position where you can make some decisions now and everything's going to be fine. I was like, thank you, Jesus. I don't want no knife going anywhere in my body. <laughs> I'm a guy. guy don't like, guys don't like blood. You know, I could have anesthesia and everything, but the night before I'm going to be thinking, oh man, I'm going to be bleeding. You know, so unlike the culture around you, always dragging you to the level of immaturity. Look how this scripture says it here. God brings the best out of you. Develops well-formed maturity in you. That's what he wants to do in your life. That's what he wants to do in my life. Well maturity, good habits in our lives. So if you let God and you let us as a church, there could be well-formed maturity in your life. There could be a completely different you by the end of this year. If you allow God, okay? So are you ready? So what's the name of my preaching today? First things. First thing is what? First thing is first. You ready for habit number one? Okay, all these things that I was telling you is how to go on that journey. Okay, ready for habit number one? Write this down. Habit number one. I'm going to focus on what I do first. <laughs> Habit number one, I'm going to focus on what I do first. There's a principle in the Bible, and it's the principle of first. And, 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 and the amazing thing about this principle, it talks about priority. What are your priorities? What is my priority? What's first in my life? You see, first things... Not only show things about us, but first things in the Bible have power. First things have power. So I'm going to focus on what to do first. And I'm going to give you three ways on how to do it, okay? Three ways how you can live out this habit, okay, of focusing on what's first. Number one, put God first. Put God first. If you're taking notes, write that down. Put God first. If God, listen to this. If God is in your life, but he's not first, he's not in your life. Come on. My boy right there. If God is in your life, but he's not first, God is not in your life. Because God needs to be first. God is always going to model to you and to me what he expects out of us. He's never going to ask you to do something that he's never done before. So when God was going to show us this thing of Giving him what's first, you know what he did? He took the first step. And what did he do? He gave his firstborn son, Jesus Christ. The only begotten, the Bible says. And he gave him to us first. So that we would go ahead and do likewise. He gave us heaven's best so that we could give him our best every day of our life. So what do we do? We give God our First, he expects it from us. God wants us to give him our first Christianity. Listen to this is when you reorder your list to show that God has first place in your life. And some of us guys, if we want to build the right habits, we need to do what? First things first. We need to put God first. That's where it all starts. And I'm going to give you a scripture here. All you guys, have, even if you're new here today, I think you've seen the scripture. Genesis 1.1. Genesis 1.1. 1, 1. 
You know what Genesis 1.1 says? And I know that I'm stretching this, but I want you guys to see this. All right? In the beginning, God. That's it. In the beginning, God. What do you do in the beginning? God. What needs to be in the beginning? God. In the beginning, God. Nothing else. In the beginning of my life, in the beginning of my day, in the beginning of my week, in the beginning of my month, what needs to be in the beginning? God. In the beginning, God. He can't be the second. He can't be the third. He can't be the fourth. You see, even in the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verse 1 through 3, it says, God spoke these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. What he's saying is you shouldn't have any other passions before me. You shouldn't have any other loves before me. You shouldn't have any other person before me. You shouldn't have any other desire before me. I should be that first. That's what the Lord is saying. So how do I put God first? Well, that leads me to point number two. Okay, give God the first of everything. Give God the first of everything. All right, and this is where preachers, you know, they're like, all right, we're going to talk about the tithes and offerings. You know, and preachers get excited, you know, but a lot of times that's been manipulated because I'm going to be completely honest. God doesn't only want the first of your money. He wants the first of everything. He wants the first of everything. God's not only looking for your money. He's looking for things that are bigger. He's looking for your heart. Leviticus 27, verse 30. Look what the Lord says. A tithe of everything from the land. A tithe of what? Of everything from the land. The first of everything from the land. He wants the first of everything. What? Whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees belong to the Lord, it is holy or set apart for God. He wants the first of everything. Say with me, God wants the first of everything. Let me tell you to you like this. He wants the first of your thoughts in the morning. Before you pick up your phone, He wants the first of your thoughts. And you're in your bed and you're getting up and you say, Lord, just thank you for this new day. He wants your mind first to go to him. Amen. He wants your heart first to go to him. A tithe of your thoughts. A tithe of your time. He wants the first to go to him. It says that is holy unto the Lord. The purpose of tithing church. All right. And at the end, okay, in November, we're going to do a series on generosity. And we're going to speak about our giving to God and all that. But the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first in your life. That's the purpose of it. That you would be able to trust that he's first. And Lord, here it is. I give you my finances. I give you my thoughts. Thanks God, you know, that we could build church with the tithe. Thanks God that we could extend to new campuses and we can meet all these needs. But money is not even the first area of church. Worship team, you guys could come up. Take this principle of first that I'm giving you here today. And I want you to run with it. And here's three ways that you could do it. Number one, 
How do you put God first? Give him the first part of your day. This is going to be very simple. This is the practical part, church. Give him the first of your day. If you had time for nothing when you wake up, if you had time for nothing, at least let the first words that come out of your mouth be praise words. Thank you, Daddy God. Thank you for taking care of me during the night. Thank you for your blessing over my life. Thank you for your blessing over my family. There's something powerful when you give God the first of your day. I was having this conversation with my kids the other day because a lot of them like to do their devotionals at nighttime. You know, before going to sleep, they sit there and they read their Bible and everything. And now in the summer, I'm trying to like help them do what? Build habits. So I'm like, guys, how about you start the day before you pick up the phone, before you get, you know, your, your switch, before you ask for an iPad, before you do this, before you do that. How about we take 15 minutes? And this is what I was going to give you. 15 minutes of daily time with God first. And how does that look like, Pastor? Very easy. Very easy. Five minutes in the Word of God. Just get a scripture. Start with the book of John. All right, and start reading five minutes. All right, then five minutes in worship. That's one song, guys. That's not two songs anymore. Right, one song, you put it, you meditate, you think about the words that it's saying, and then five minutes in prayer. Tell them how much you love them. Tell them about your prayer needs. Pray for people that God puts in your heart. I have this question How would it look like if for 365 days, you would give God your first 15 minutes of your life every day. How would your life look like if you do that for one year? You know what starts to happen? Change starts to happen. Change starts to Habits start to being built. Priorities are being set in the right place. Number two, give God the first of your week. If you're here in church this morning, I want to tell you, you guys are doing that. You guys are giving the Lord the first day of the week. The first day of the week is not Monday. I remember that I thought that when I was a kid. Because for me, Monday was school started. The first day of the week is what? It's Sunday. All right? And worship was changed from Saturday Sabbath in the Jewish law. It was changed to Sunday. Why? Because the Lord resurrected on Sunday. The Lord resurrected on So the church moved their celebration to when? They moved it to Sundays. And you know why? Because Sunday's the first day of the week. So what do I want to do? I don't want to end the week thanking God for everything he did. Oh, that's good. No, I want to start the week by giving him that new week that we're starting. And you're doing that now. Actually, I'm going to challenge you guys to something. Don't just give them the time that you're here for these hour and 15 minutes. Give them the day. Give the Lord the day. Back in the old times, 1700s, 1800, Sunday was called the Lord's Day. That's the way that the, the old people used to call it. Sunday was what? The Lord's Day. Doesn't mean you have to be in church the whole day. That's not what I'm talking about. But you come, you get your word. You receive it in your heart. You go out with your family now. Maybe you go for a brunch and you speak over what the Lord has been showing you here. Then you go home and you try to rest. One of the things that we need to do, church, is that we need to find time to rest. That honors God. 
It's okay to take a, an hour nap and just stop everything and turn off your phone. It's good. <laughs> You're going to recharge yourself when you do that. And maybe you want to sit down with your family and watch a good movie in the afternoon or go to a park or go for a walk. Those are things that honors God on the Lord's day. Putting priorities. You guys are understanding what I'm telling you today. Anybody receiving this here today? Eat a good meal. Healthy. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to tell you something. You're going to get more done in six days honoring God than if you're doing things all seven days without stopping. Because there's a principle and a power when you put God first. Then give him the first of your month. Give him the first of your day, the first of your week. Give him the first of your month. That has to do with your scheduling and your budgeting. Make sure God is part of your schedule. Don't schedule God out of your schedule. Don't do that. My wife and I and our children went on vacation a few weeks ago. And you know what we scheduled on Sunday? Church time. Elevation in Charlotte. And we were with some friends and everything, like, say, Sunday we're going to do this and we're going to do that. No, no, yeah, we're going to do that, but after two o'clock, because we're going to go to church. I'm scheduling God into my vacation time. Schedule God in your vacation. Don't schedule God out of your schedule. And then budgeting. Make sure that God received the first part of your money. There's something that I do with my wife and she knows it. There's a spending freeze in the Garcia household when the tithe has not been given. And it's almost legalistic. But my wife called me the other day. She goes, babe, I'm in the gas station. I need to put gas. Have you given the tithe? And I'm like, let me check. I'm like, all right, baby, I gave it. Go ahead and put gas. What is that car going to run on? Faithfulness to God. That's what my car runs on. Runs on faithfulness. Cars of 2008, when you see my Hummer out there, like, oh man, that's a brand new Hummer. 2008, man. That car, I just lay hands on it. Jesus, we send it off in your name. I believe in giving God first. I'm not telling you to do something I'm not doing. And thank God for that text giving, because I used to have to wait for Sundays. You know, but now with the text giving, I'm like, all right, let me go ahead. Let me do this. So what are you saying, PC? What I'm saying, I want to close. It's not easy to build right habits, good habits, uphill habits. It's not easy. But you know what? It's doable. It's doable. If you put God first in everything, here's number three, and here I close. Expect God to bless the rest. Expect God to bless the rest. When you give God the first of your time, you know what he does? He multiplies your time. When you give God the first of your money, you know what he does? He multiplies your money. When you give God the first of your thoughts, you know what he does? He gives you creative ideas. You know that my best ideas come when I give God the first part of my day. Not when I stop at lunchtime and say, okay, let me think of the Lord and let me have a devotion. No, when I give him the first thoughts of the day and I just sit there 
Some of the best ideas of things that we've done have come in that moment when I give him the first of my thoughts. He just multiplies. He just gives me more. I want to close with Proverbs 3. Let this sink in your heart, church. Ask your pastor, this is my prayer for you today. Proverbs 3, 6 through 10. And it says, seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you'll have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. So today I want you to embrace that first habit. And which is that first habit we want to go uphill? First things first, let's put God first in our lives. That's the foundation of everything we do. I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at. Take a moment. And I want you to really consider if this is a habit that you've been building, if this is a habit maybe that you started building and you've fallen behind on, or this is a habit that you need to start working on. Just take a moment right there where you're at and say, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to tell me with this message today? And just let the Holy Spirit just take a moment and speak into your heart.
something maybe has happened in your life that you've removed God from that first place you've gotten busy you've lived something painful you went through a situation and sort of today I'm speaking to you and you're like man God is not first in my thoughts God is not first in this and you today say you know what I want to start putting him first I want to put him first even maybe it's in your health and if that's you, I just want you to respond to this by standing up right there where you're at. And I want to just pray over you right now. Remember when I said, if you decide to do this, man, I believe that God is going to come and give you all the strength and all the help that you need. So, Father, right now, I want to pray for these beautiful people of yours that are standing up this morning. I want to pray over them right now in the mighty and holy name of Jesus. Lord, they're standing up because they recognize that there's some areas in their life, Lord, where you are not first. And today, Lord God, they're making that decision, that repentance decision, Lord, of making a 180 degree turn from the way that they've been going, Lord. And today, they're choosing some uphill habits, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would help them, give them the strength that they need, give them the wisdom that they need, to put the things in order that are out of order in their life. And as they put you first and put things first, that the power of the first, the power that comes from putting you first will come upon them, Lord. And you will start to bless those things, Lord God, to which they put their hands to, Lord God. I declare this blessing over them and Holy Spirit that you bring it to pass over their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, right there where you are standing, you just talk to him now in your own language, whatever it is that he's telling you. And I want to take a moment and speak to those that might be here for the first time that have never invited Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior. That needs to be the first decision that you make. If you've never invited Christ into your heart as Lord and Savior, I want to ask you to make this prayer and repeat with me. Lord Jesus, I give you thanks for living a perfect life and dying for me on the cross. Today I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I invite you into my life that you would be my Lord. Take first place, Jesus, and guide me with your Holy Spirit to the life that you have for me. In your name I pray. In church, we all say amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord today. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.